passage, Isaiah 25, um, verse 6. Isaiah 25, verse 6 says, On this mountain the Lord of armies will prepare for all the peoples a feast of choice meat, a feast with aged wine, prime cuts of choice meat, fine vintage wine. And on this mountain... He will swallow up the burial shroud, the shroud over all the peoples, the sheet covering all the nations. When he has swallowed up death once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. And on that day, it will be said, look, this is our God. We've waited for him and he has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation for the Lord's power will rest on this mountain. But Moab will be trampled in his place as straw is trampled in a dung pile. He will spread out his arms in the middle of it as a swimmer spreads out his arms to swim. His pride will be brought low along with the trickery of his hands and the high-walled fortress will be brought down, thrown to the ground, to the dust. This is God's word. Happy New Year. Almost. Almost there. Um, This is our fourth week working through different uh, oracles in Isaiah, the the Messiah in Isaiah. And we're doing this. Because Isaiah is awesome. And two, uh, so we understand what Mary and Joseph were expecting when the angel shows up and tells them, hey, this guy is coming. And what Anna and and Simeon are expecting when they bring baby Jesus to the temple and what uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth are. are They've got an expectation for who Jesus will be, what he will do. And and a lot of these come from Isaiah. So that's what we've been um, working through. And so to close this out before we move into some prayer stuff uh, next month and next year, we're going to be in Isaiah 24 through 27. Isaiah's little apocalypse. Hey, pipe down, girl. I'm just kidding. You can do whatever you want. I'm I'm totally whipped already. Okay. Um, We'll see that Isaiah's Messiah that that arrived at at Christmas and will appear a second time. He's an anointed conqueror. Okay. And he's an anointed conqueror of of wicked powers in the heavens, principalities. Okay. Like the, the worst things you can think of. He's the anointed conqueror of wicked kings. And then to end 2023 for our church, we'll just finish with he's the anointed conqueror of death. Okay, he's going to end death once and for all. So first, Isaiah's Messiah, the one who showed up at Bethlehem, will conquer wicked powers and principalities in the heavens. Okay, at his day, the false gods of the nations that have rebelled against Yahweh will get their comeuppance by the hand of this child now. Now, man, Isaiah 24 says, on that day, the Lord will punish who? The army in the heights of the heavens, the, the host of heaven. So the wicked and, and rebellious powers, okay, which look, you looked like Keith there for a sec. Are you guys wearing the same shirt today? Maybe? Okay, thought you were Keith. You'll like it too. Um, so just just full disclosure, if you're new to Christian Life Church or, or you know, these weird people here, we 1,000% believe in demons, Okay. 
Right? We don't think they're just things in movies or whatever. Like we a million percent believe that there are other powers in the heavens. There are other little g um, gods and demons and principality. We we totally believe that. Okay, if you think that's weird, just we have weirder things. But that's we we believe in these things, and so we believe that on the day of the Lord that Isaiah is talking about, they are going to be punished by the Lord. Verse twenty two: They will be gathered together as prisoners in a pit, and they will be shut up in a prison. And after many days, they will be um, punished. So in the, the New Testament, Jude kind of talks about this more. Jude uh, one six: The angels who did not keep their own position but abandoned their proper dwelling as ministers to the Lord. He has kept them in eternal chains and deep darkness for the judgment on the great day. Okay, so Isaiah 24, 23. Then uh, the moon will be confounded, the sun will be ashamed, and the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. His glory will be before um, his elders. Okay, and so we know the Lord of hosts is going to reign on Mount Zion is a reference to the Messiah who will rule from that mountain because of passages like Isaiah 2, that tell us it's the Messiah, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 30. They tell us, hey, the Lord of hosts reigning on Mount Zion, who's punishing these wicked powers, it's the Messiah, right? And so the day of judgment, the day of the Lord, executed by the Messiah, is a day when the spiritual forces of of darkness are judged, okay? On a day set by the Lord, the day that God's people groan for and long for and and wait for. Like, we want this to come. On that day, demons won't be an issue anymore. Okay? They won't roam freely on the earth, bringing about all sorts of wickedness and lawlessness and, and deceiving the nations. Instead, they'll be chained up in the abyss. They'll be held for judgment. And then they'll be tossed into a lake of fire and you don't have to worry about them anymore. You don't have to deal with them anymore. And so I think, you know, if this is weird, I, I think you need to meditate on this. And you need to think on this more. I don't think that some of us do. Um, I wouldn't put myself in that number. I don't think we realize just how insidious this age is and how vile these wicked powers are. Okay? You see some things happen in the earth, and you know the heart, the, the darkness, and, and the, how dark the heart of man can be, but some stuff happens, you're like, that came from the pit. That, you know what I mean? Like a human by themselves is evil. This is fueled by something else. Yeah, demons. Okay, wicked powers and principalities. Since Genesis 3, so Genesis 1, God makes everything good. Genesis 3, mankind joins um, the rebellion with these powers. Since that day, this demonic um, fog, okay, this wicked heaviness has, has clouded up the atmosphere. It's just how things are. But on that day, Isaiah 24, Isaiah 27, they will be driven off the earth by this messianic conqueror and we'll be able to see like clearly and this cosmic weight will be um, lifted and it'll be like the Claritin Clear commercial. Okay. You guys remember the Claritin Clear commercial? Like it, it looks like this and then they, it's like, oh, there are colors. Right. I can I can see things clearly. I can you know, I think they can breathe too with Claritin. I don't know. But but this is like the fog's removed. It's lifted because there's no more demons They're They're removed from the earth. And we'll see. Oh, this is how things are supposed to look. This is the way uh, things are supposed to work because there's no demons messing with everything. Right. They're, they're not um, going on as they have gone on. So Isaiah 27, the end of his apocalypse. 
He says, on that day, the Lord with his relentless, large, strong sword. Probably a reference to the Messiah from Isaiah 30. The arm of the Lord, right? Who will set the pit on fire with the breath of his mouth. On that day, the Lord with his sword will bring judgment on Leviathan, that fleeing serpent. And he will slay the monster that's in the sea. So I told you it would get weirder. Right? So who's, who's the biblical story? Who's the serpent? Who's, who's the dragon, right? Revelation 20 just tells you that's the devil, right? The dragon, the serpent. That devil um, from old. And so Habakkuk says, yeah, on that day, or not Habakkuk, yeah, Isaiah 27, on that day, he's going to slay him with his sword in fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. So again, a weird thing, if you're, not, if you're new to our church, we sang, um, there is a dragon filled with rage who knew what God had said. We sang that and then we were all going, we'll crush the serpent's head. And you're like, this is church, like. This is weird, right? This, well, this, this is where it comes from, okay? We believe that this anointed messianic conqueror from Isaiah is going to deal with the serpent. And it was prophet, Genesis 3.15, like he says, hey, Eve, your son, a, a child from your line will crush the serpent's head. Yeah. We'll finish him off finally. And so Habakkuk picks this up. He's a later prophet, Habakkuk 3.19 says, you went forth in salvation of your people for the salvation of your anointed, again, reference to, to the servant Israel. You struck the head of the head of the house of the, of the evil one to lay him open thigh to neck. Maranatha, okay? So the day of the Lord, a day for the punishment of the wicked powers in the heavens, is coming for the serpent, Right, and all that have have joined themselves to the serpent through this anointed um, conquering king, right? Daniel seven, he's going to destroy him and cast him into fire with the breath of his mouth. So Isaiah thirty four, twenty four, twenty seven, thirty four says that on this day all the stars in the sky will dissolve, the sky will roll up like a scroll, and its stars will all wither as leaves on the vine and as foliage on the fig tree. Okay. So when Isaiah says that, that stars, sun, moon, all these things will dissolve, right? Like, like 2 Peter 3, are you familiar with 2 Peter 3? The day of the Lord says the heavenly bodies and the elements, they're going to be burned up. Ryan's not here, because I would make a Darth Vader Death Star reference, because he blows up planets with his Death Star. Anyway, um, I don't think Peter's talking about literal stars and, and sun uh, and moon. He's talking about when he says they're going to be dissolved, that the elements are going to be burned up or destroyed. He's talking about the powers in the heavens, these wicked principalities, these demonic rulers, these false gods are going to be destroyed and dealt with on that day. So Second Kings, before Peter, before Isaiah, all these things tells us this, right? This is why we know this. 2 Kings 23, then the king commanded the high priest Hilkalah to bring out of the Lord's sanctuary. So the previous kings have messed things up. They, they've taken uh, the Lord's temple and they've put false gods in there. And they've been worshiping false gods in there. So if, if you don't know anything about the Bible, don't do that. Okay, no, don't. Just worship Yahweh. Don't worship the other ones. And they filled the temple with this one, with these ones. So bring out, we're going to fix this now. Bring out of the Lord's sanctuary all the articles made for Baal. Who's Baal? False god, right? A wicked principality. Okay, Asherah. Who's Asherah? A false god, wicked principality, demon, right? And all the stars in the sky, right? 
Take them out of the temple. Don't worship them anymore. So Second Kings, like, yeah, at least these stars in the sky, moon, all these, all these things that just spelled this out. So we know that's what he's talking about. Stars, heaven, you know, elements, they're going to be burned up and dissolved. And the context of Isaiah 34 tells us this is what Jesus or Isaiah is talking about. Isaiah 34, 5, he says, when my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens, right? When I rout the rebellious powers and principalities and then verse four, like shake them out like a scroll, right? The sky rolls up like a scroll. Have you ever shook out a, a poster or something? You shake it out, it rolls back up, right? He's taken them um, out of the heavens. Then he says, I'll, after I deal with them, right? My sword uh, filled to, to uh, it's full with vengeance here. Then I'll come down. And I'll punish the wicked kings of men who've been, who've been influenced by these guys and join their rebellion. Then we'll come down on Edom and on the people I have set apart for destruction. So Isaiah's Messiah, who they expected, you know, what they expected him to do. Um, he's the anointed conqueror of demons and false gods and principalities in the heavens. Okay, this is what they expected Jesus to do. And that's what he did. Okay. That's what he he did over and over again in his ministry. Jesus drives out demons and is driving out of. He he does this for for lots of reasons. But one, the the main reason that Jesus drives out demons and and the main reason that Jesus heals people is because Jesus loves people. Okay, like when Jesus is going to do something in the Gospels, particularly with demons or sickness, it says he's moved with compassion. So if everything else I've said today is wacko, just know this, that Jesus loves human beings, wants to see them set free and healed and restored from what the devil has done to them. Okay, that, That's the main reason that he heals. But second, the reason Jesus drives out demons, he does this as a sign that he is the promised one from Isaiah 24 through 27. Who will rout the demons on that day. Who will on that day punish the powers in the heavens. And two, him doing it in his first coming is a sign that he's able to do all of these things in full at the appointed time. Right? Like we, we know it's a down payment. It's a deposit. It's a guarantee that when Jesus drove out a demon now, it's proof that on that day he'll drive out all the demons. And so you can trust him for the future. Right? Okay, he's not making empty promises. He says, I've done it once. I'm going to do it on a global scale on that day. So you guys trust in me. And and so I, th- this comes out in two pig stories, okay? <laughs> I think it's one pig story, but the different gospel writers. Okay, so Matthew chapter 8, Jesus goes to the, the demonized man, and then he takes those demons and he puts them in the pigs, right? And what do they say? Matthew eight twenty nine. the demons, they say, what have you to do with us? Son of God, son of God, just another messianic title, son of son of David, second Samuel seven, son of God. What have you to do with us? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Right. Are you are you doing is, is it Isaiah 24 today? Because you're driving out demons and Jesus says, no, it's, it's not today. But you go into those pigs. OK, so he drives out a demon. But the demons know there is an appointed day. There is an appointed um, time when Isaiah's Messiah will conquer wicked principalities and powers in the heavens and then toss them into a lake of fire. These guys found out it's not the day they just went into pigs. All right. Matthew um, 25, 41. Then the day of the Lord's just been described. Then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed and you go into that eternal fire prepared for who? The devil and all his angels. Have you come to do that now? 
Son of God? He says, no, not now. Go into the pigs. But on this day, into the fire, right? There's an appointed day from Isaiah 24, okay? So, he will conquer demons. Hallelujah. If you've never thought about that before, I know it's odd, but yeah. It'll be awesome. All right. So, he will also, though, conquer wicked kings on the earth, especially those who have abused and oppressed Israel. So Isaiah 24, verse 21, on that day, the Lord will punish the host of heaven in heaven and the kings of the earth on the earth. Isaiah 25, uh, 11 and 12, but Moab, who's Israel's forever enemy, right? Always, always Moab. Moab will be trampled in his place as straw is trampled in a dung pile. He will spread out his arms in the middle of it as a swimmer spreads out his arms to swim. Do you get the imagery there? He's going to smash them into a dung pile and then they're going to, it's really gross. It's really gross. But the, like the Lord, he's, he's not kind to wicked kings who have oppressed his people, who have used their positions not to love and serve people as Jesus shows his kings are supposed to do, but to gain, you know, wealth and fame and power for themselves at the expense. You're going to be crushed into dung and made to swim through it. Metaphorically, you know what I mean? Like. It's, it's a gross image, though. His pride, this wicked ruler, will be brought low. Along with the trickery of his hands, the high-walled fortress will be brought down and it will be thrown to the dust. Isaiah 26, verse 5. For he has humbled those who live in lofty places in an accessible city. He brings it down to the ground. He throws it to the dust. Okay, so Mary gets the uh, announcement from the angel It's confirmed by the announcement from Elizabeth. And what does Mary sing in her songs? Luke 1. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. Isaiah 30, the arm of the Lord. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts in their hearts. And verse 52, he has toppled the mighty from their thrones. Because that's what Isaiah said he would do. And Mary knows Isaiah. Okay? The anointed one will conquer uh, wicked kings. Most vividly in Isaiah 63. Which is very much not Jesus in the manger story. Okay? Very much his second advent. Who is this coming from Edom in crimson stained garments from Basra? This one who is splendid in his apparel, striding in his formidable mind. So Isaiah is prophesying and he sees this man marching toward him and he's soaked in red. And so Isaiah is like, well, who's that guy? Like, who are you? And, And the man speaks. He says, it is I proclaiming vindication and powerful to save. And so Isaiah asks, verse two, why are your clothes red? And why are your garments like one who treads a wine press? And so the man speaks and tells him, it's not wine that stained my garments. It's the blood of wicked nations. Okay, of those who have done evil in the Lord's sight. Verse 3, I trampled the wine press alone. No one from the nations was with me. I trampled them in my anger. I ground them underfoot in my fury. Their blood spattered my garments and my clothes were all stained. Verse four, for I planned the day of vengeance and the year of my redemption came. I looked and there was no one to help. I was amazed that no one assisted. So my arm, Jesus says, John, right? Who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? My arm accomplished victory for me. My wrath assisted me and I crushed the nations in my anger. I made them drunk with my wrath and I poured out their blood on the ground. 
That's a description of the Messiah. Like, do you have a category for Jesus doing these things? And all Isaiah is doing here is he's, he's taking messianic language from the Psalms. Okay, the anointed king of Israel will not just deal with powers in the heavens, though he will deal with them. He will also conquer kings on the earth below. So the two most quoted Psalms by the apostles and and by Jesus are, are Psalm 2 and Psalm 110. These are both royal songs. Amanda um, read one of them this morning. In both of these psalms, in royal, like kingly, and violent language, they speak of the Lord's anointed messianic son. says that he laughs at the kings of the earth, right? They conspire against him. Why do the nations rage? The people plot in vain. They, they conspire against the Lord and his anointed. He laughs at them, okay? And then Psalm 110, he will shatter kings, and chiefs over the whole earth on his day of wrath. Okay? So it's not just that he has dominion and sovereignty over uh, wicked powers and principalities. He has, he has power and sovereignty and dominion over the whole earth. Over all of its inhab- inhabitants. And, and he will, if they do not kiss the sun, right? If they do not worship him, bow down to him, repent from their wickedness towards people. He will shatter them. He will crush them. On his day, which brings us to more pigs. Okay? At present, the Lord reigns over the wicked nations in mercy. Okay? What is God doing in the nations right now? He's being merciful. It's the only explanation for why things have gone on the way they are is because God is merciful and kind and wants them to turn to him. Okay, but he will rule over them in wrath if they will not repent and bow their knee. And this plays out um, with the pig story in Mark 5, which I think functions as a picture uh, and deposit a down payment of this Psalm 110, Psalm 2, Isaiah 63 day when Jesus makes all of his enemies. All the wicked nations and wicked kings, his footstool. Okay, so Jesus gets to the demoniac, and the demoniac calls itself, uh, I don't think I have it in here. He says, he says, what's your name? And he says, we are Legion, right? Have you heard this story? Super weird. There's a Stephen King novel. Don't read Stephen King. Super weirdo. Um, but the demon says, hey, we're, we're Legion. We're many, okay? So at the time that Jesus is doing all this stuff, who is ruling over Israel? Rome. Okay, and how does Rome do their ruling over Israel? With legions, right? Le- right. Gladiator, my name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, right? Commander of the... Right? Okay, so what does Jesus do with this wicked legion, these Gentile kings of the earth? He sends them into pigs who plunge to their de- death in the sea. It's like a political cartoon. Like, I have power not just over the demon, but over the kings of the earth. And if they do not repent, if they do not kiss the sun, on the day I will tread the nations like a wine press. After my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens, then I will come down and, and conquer kings on the earth. So this is what the expectation is, okay? This is what righteous Israel from Isaiah expected the Messiah to do on his day. And it's this, this is really important, okay? It's not just like Bible, whatever. This is really important for you to be able to deal with wicked kings, okay? To deal with wicked rulers um, and nations now because they go on in, 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 their, in their evil and their wickedness and you're just like, how do I deal with this? Okay, like what, what's the response? But knowing that Jesus will tread the nations as a wine press um, helps us deal and it. it helps us not give into rage, Right? You see what the kings of the earth are doing and, and you get infuriated. And it helps us not give in to despair, which I think is almost worse. 
that you just give up. Well, God must just have abandoned planet Earth and abandoned the nations and things are just going to go into the toilet forever and ever and ever and ever and you give up. Don't give up. Okay? We have a way to, to, to deal with the Psalm 37, which my dad makes fun of me for reading Psalm 37. Psalm 37 says, Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. Verse 9, For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who have put their hope in the Lord, the meek of the earth, will inherit the land. Then verse 10, he says, in a little while, God's little while, right? Not your little while. In a little while, the wicked person will be no more. Though you look for him, he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and enjoy abundant prosperity. Isaiah's Messiah is going to deal with all these bad guys. Isaiah's Messiah is going to deal with all of these bad guys. Okay? In just a little while. Just a little while. Okay? And finally, um, most wonderfully, not only will Isaiah's Messiah conquer demons and kings, Jesus will conquer death. And this is a good spot to end 2023. Okay? It's a good spot to end 2023. Whatever happened this year, end here. Okay? And then start here tomorrow. Okay? Isaiah 25, verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord of armies will prepare for all peoples a feast of choice meat, a feast of aged wine, prime cuts of choice meat, fine vintage wine. So Isaiah is prophesying and he foresees that after the judgment of these wicked kings and after the judgment of these um, wicked powers, he sees a banquet on a holy hill in Israel where Jew and Gentile come up together to feast and to celebrate, right? Like you don't have a feast to mourn, right? You have like... Potato salad and ham in that corner over there, right? <laughs> no, for a feast, we're celebrating. Like we're, we're you know, toast and, and, and pass some more and, and doing all the stuff. And why are, are the nations with Israel celebrating? Well, one, because the wicked powers have been cast down, right? The, the demons aren't doing their things anymore. Two, the wicked kings have been cast down. Like they've received their, their punishment for what they have done to people that they were called to serve. But most of all, right? More than, than those things, they're celebrating verse seven, that on this mountain, he will swallow up the burial shroud, the shroud over all the peoples, the sheep covering the nations. Verse eight, when he was swallowed up death, Once and for all, the Lord God will wipe away tears from every face. He will remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. And on that day, it will be said, look, this is our God. We've waited for him. He has saved us. Saved us from what? From dying, from death, from funerals, from the curse of Genesis 3. Totally undone. No more death. This is the Lord. We've waited for him. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Into Isaiah 26 verse 19. Your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. So awake and sing. You who dwell in the dust. For you will be covered with the morning dew. And the earth will bring out the departed spirits. Of all the descriptions of Isaiah's Messiah for the last four weeks. This one's the greatest. Because this one fixes that universal problem of sin and death. And Mary knew this is what her baby would do. The the destroyer of death in my arms. (laughs) At a time set by the Father, 
this boy will raise the dead by the word of his mouth. Jesus says, John 5, a time is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those whose deeds were upright at the resurrection of life and those whose deeds were evil at the resurrection of judgment. And the reason Jesus can say this with authority and you can trust him is because he himself has come out of the grave. Okay, so again, if you're new to church or new to the gospel story or whatever, here's a weird thing we believe, too, that Jesus died. And he was fully dead, totally dead, dead as a doorknob, dead. And three days later, he was not dead anymore. But God raised him from the grave. And so we've just tried to order our whole life around this. And say that we believe this is true, so it affects how we live now. It gives us a future. Like, this is, this is what we believe. And the reason we believe it is, again, because he himself has come out of the grave. He's not blowing smoke. Revelation chapter 1, he shows up on the island or his angel or something says, I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. And on that day, I will open that thing up and your dead will live. First Corinthians 15. The truth, however, is that the Messiah has indeed been raised from the dead. The Messiah from Isaiah has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have died since it was through a man, you see, that death came into the world. Through Adam and Eve's sin in Genesis um, 3, it is through a man too. This man, this Jesus, this one born at Christmas, this man that the resurrection of the dead will take place. Indeed, just as in union with Adam all die, so too in union with the Messiah, all will be brought back to life. Robert, would you come up with So... Isaiah's Messiah is the conqueror of death. Okay? Conqueror of wicked powers and principalities. Conqueror of of wicked kings and nations. And conqueror of death for those who are in union with him, right? As As in union with Adam, all die. But in union with the Messiah... All will be brought back to life. So to be in union with Christ, united to Christ, is those who put their trust in his life, right? That we celebrate there, right? In his life, in his, his cross for the forgiveness of sins. Again, if you're new to the story, he dies on a cross for the forgiveness of sins. Put their trust in that. Put their trust in his ascension. That God has seated him at his right hand above All names, all powers, all dominions, all authorities, not only in this age, but also in the age to come and put their trust in his return. When he will stand up, right, seated at the father's right hand, he will stand up, he will return and undo death forever for Hebrews 9. The Messiah offered once in sacrifice uh, for all time to bear the sins of many cross will appear a second time. Will appear a second time, not for the purpose of atoning sin, not to do the cross thing again, but to bring salvation to those who are eagerly waiting for him. So my uh, message to to my church and and any visitors today, any guests today, um, is I know how to live forever. Okay, I know how to I know how to to even though I die, Jesus says, yes, shall they live. I know how I know how. Not not because I I can read. (laughs) This is how you live forever. 
To bring salvation to those who are eagerly waiting for him. So you you trust in this story. Okay? You wait for this story to come true. You believe the words of God. Right? From, from Genesis to the end. You believe the words of God about death and life. About this age and the age to come. About the resurrection of dead for those with faith. And he will appear a second time. And will bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Which is... Whoever wrote Hebrews is just stealing from Isaiah. Isaiah 25, 9, on that day, look, this is our God. We have waited for him. And you only wait for people you trust, right? Like if you're planning a dinner and you don't really trust the person to show up on time, you just start eating. But if you really trust them, you'll wait. They're reliable. They're sure. They'll come. This is the the picture Isaiah has. That we wait on him because we trust him. And he will overturn death once and for all. He will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. Which is, behold, I'm making all things new. So, if you're not, you wouldn't be in this category who are eagerly waiting for him. Or who can say, look, we've waited for him. Let's rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Um, Again, you can talk to members of our church. What does it mean to trust in Jesus? What's what's the cross thing about? What's the resurrection thing about? What's baptism? What's the fall? Ask them. Talk to me or any of our other elders. Or fill out a thing on our website. And we'll, you know, if you don't want to talk to people. We'd rather talk to you, though. But today's the day, okay? Turn from your sins. Put your trust in the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. And on that day, join this group. Who says, look, this is our God. We've waited for him. He has saved us. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Let's pray.